I put South Asian voices in my work because I look at what the area is not being talked about within those areas. Because, like, for example, if you look at TV and they always do South Asian work, it's always historical plays. It's always things based around partition. And I'm like, there's other things that happen in India, not just partition. Um, so I'm really interested in how can you open up the narrative? So put me in a box, but then I'm going to change up that box. I'm going to decorate it from within, from with my own decorations, not what you think as a South Asian play or show. Hello everyone and welcome to Chai with Rai. Hi, I'm your host Rai and each week I bring you a guest from the creative industry and we discuss all things life and culture all while sipping and sipping some hot chai. Now, if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you stream your podcast from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast and share it on your stories on social and spread the word. It organically grows the show and connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before and overall just shares the love. But as of right now, let's welcome into our rooms, into our lives, into our beds, wherever you are listening this podcast from and warm up a cup of chai. Let me know what you're, by the way, sipping on. And let's welcome, I said that already, but actor, writer and an overall multidisciplinary artist, Sanjay Laku. All right. You did a play called I Don't Give a Fuck. And within the show, the show looks at how you care too much about the things that are not important in life and you forget the important things in life. So with that in mind, answer the question. In five seconds, list three things you genuinely do not give a fuck about. Go. Monarchy, the cereal, milk at the end of it, and chai, um, white people chai. Well, powder, the chai cinnamon powder situation. No, the Wait, setup. What have you got against the monarchy? Do you not know your history? I do These know my people, history. These white people take from us and then never give back. Yeah, but uh, listen, I preach that all the time and then, you know, it never makes any noise, but I'm just like... What? I mean, I did go and see the Queen's coffin, but... Shut up! I in Edinburgh, but I went because I thought, let's just go see the drama. And, you know, I could easily write a play about my experiences in that queue. The people that were in that queue were just like, whoa, where do you come from? And also, if you were the Queen, her coffin was not very nice. Oh, really? It was like a tea table on top of a box. Oh, so it wasn't like... I, I actually didn't even see the coffin like it, the one actually in Westminster because it was like all plateaued and stuff it looked I thought there'd be like diamonds and everything around there and no. all the stuff she's stolen over the years but no there was none of that <laughs> and also all the stuff about Harry, Meghan, Will and Papa I'm like I don't... have you seen the documentary the six part documentary no because I don't have the patience I watched it because I was bored. Why would you do that to yourself? Because it was actually really interesting. I would say watch it. Why I don't not? have the time. Yeah, but do you know what the thing is? Like when I'm in the depth of work, I don't watch a lot of things. So that when I'm just like gallivanting around and I need like trashness to watch, I'll watch like <laughs> Real Housewives. I'll watch like Bollywood Wives. I'll watch Harry Meghan. I'll watch anything. You need to watch Devious Maids if you've not watched it. Is it trash TV though? Because I need it. It kind of is. It's okay. like Latina murder mystery. It's one of my favorite things to watch. No, I, I don't do thriller shit. I don't do thriller shit. Oh, it's not thriller though. Oh, okay. Because he said murder mystery. That's why. Yeah, it's just like, oh, who did it? Oh, and it's just going to be cleaner <laughs> finding out all the information. You're like, oh, I like this. Okay, cool. I'll watch it. Devious Maids. Um, You have a blog on your website. And I was fascinated to know that you too are obsessed with Doctor Who. However, I don't call myself. Is it a Whovian? Yeah. Yeah, Whovian. I don't call myself that. But on your blog, The Doctor That Saved My Life, you write, I came to know about the show in 2005 when the show was re uh, revitalized for a new generation. 
Dalekian. I heard the words of the Daleks in my house, but never knew what they were. So with that in mind and discussing the saving grace that is Doctor Who, list three things you would do if you ever ran into a weeping angel. Cry, scream and run. <laughs> Who's your favorite villain out of the entire... Can I give you three? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I like the master. I think, oh, you're calculated. <laughs> I do like the Slovene. I don't remember that one. Big green things that far, and they were in Downing Street. I can't remember right now. It feels like familiar, but I just can't remember. Anyway, go. And I love Cassandra. Moisturizing, moisturizing. Moisturizing. <laughs> Was that the episode as well that he gets in a lift and it's all about like clean cleaning and air drying and stuff like that as well? Yeah, then in the future. Yeah, which I thought is such a good concept. And what is it? The Japanese have already kind of like invented something like that where they like clean everything and then they dry you up. I, I would love a lift like that because post COVID, some people didn't wash in the lift. And I was like, I need to be in a lift with you. Isn't it interesting? I still look back at it that the precautions against COVID were wash your hands. How? And you're like, what did you not wash your hands? People still don't do it in my work and it really annoys me. Do you know and people, I... people don't wash their hands after peeing? That's That's my pet peeve. That's literally my pet peeve. I am the type of person that I do shout after people, wash your hands. And my partner has said to me, Sanji, did he pick a fight? And I'm like, I bet he didn't wash his hands. Sometimes I tend to. Like, if if it's like a night out and I'm like, white girl wasted, I don't. I don't have the time to. All right, last question. In your show, I wasn't okay. You have a line. In Bollywood, they say, which means men don't feel pain. And you say, which is untrue, because I do, and so many other men do. So with that in mind, list three situations in which other men, you, not you, feel pain. Death, um, running away, I mean, you don't have food. That was really hard. <laughs> I don't think you feel pain in death because you're dead. No, like when someone dies. Oh, as in like a close one dies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, they would. You only gave me five seconds, I couldn't really elaborate. That is true. That is true. <laughs> All right. Well, you can chill now. You can you can breathe because we're gonna get into just the chats now. We've done the games. Woo hoo! So, how was your day? How's your boyfriend, David Tennant? Um, and um, how's life? Talk to us how it is to date a celebrity. Oh no, this was a photo taken in my end of first year at drama school, and I shouted at him for a selfie and got into trouble. Um, but I've got a great selfie. No, I'm good today. Um, I'm just juggling a lot. I've got work. I've got a deadline for the young book to write, and then I've got a deadline for the National Theatre Scotland to write. I've got a monologue to learn. Yeah. And then I've got, and then I've got my show to write for London. So like, it's all go at the moment. Going back to which I'm going to come forward. David Tennant came to you and was like, Sanjay, I love you. Let's go and do this. Would you do it? Only if he'd uh, if he'd take my boyfriend as well. Wow. I'd be I a bit thought... sad to leave Peter. Yalda... Peter's, also do- Peter's also a Doctor Who fan, so... Do you think Peter would leave you for David? Don't know. Ask him this, please. Because if he said yes, and you say no, <laughs> there's there's some... Who's your favourite Doctor Who? Oh, David Tennant. David Tennant. But I've met he... quite a few. But isn't he back? I left, uh, like... I yeah, left... he is back. Which I want to know. have I met Doctor Who? There's also me and Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. <laughs> me and Ruth. <laughs> Me and Sacha Darwin, Ooh. me and Peter Capaldi, Brian Cranston. We're literally just going through <laughs> a slideshow of people that you've known. It's a slideshow um, of people of Sanjay who he has slept with. All of I those. get around with celebrities. Um, all of those people that you have mentioned, who was the best sex you've ever had? I'm just... <laughs> Imagine if. Imagine it was that kind of podcast. <laughs> it is. And you... It really I is. Not also... Yeah, it's just about sex okay. with celebrities. It's about outing yourself. It's about bringing whores on from the community that have done service to the entertainment industry.
industry. And um, whilst we sip chai, we spill chai about who we've had sex with and who was better in bed. Okay, so let me think who I slept with. <laughs> you were saying that you're writing something for the young Vic. And, and I was intrigued to know, which whenever I get a writer on, and I had a couple of writers from Tamasha on, I was intrigued to know their process into writing work. And when they write for like short plays versus like feature plays and stuff like that how they actually go into it and I was intrigued to know that the last one that I had they start from the characters rather than the world and I was intrigued to know when you write monologues as well because you've had what two published monologues one for Ricky one for Tamasha how was that process versus when you write like plays for yourself and commissioned work my Tamasha one wasn't me that wrote it that was like I came up with the character for Hear Me Now Um... and then I was paired with a writer but my Ricky Beto Blair one that was me and I think for me I come up with I mainly look at what am I interested in what is it I want to say so like the one with the young Vic it was the director who excuse me it was the director who gave me what she wanted to speak about so it's like women in sports and that then I go away and do my research and then I pick what I think is interesting at the research and then I create the world so I create the way I work is I work from a theme and then from that theme I do my research then my research I go into the right and then from the research I also would come up with the character would oh, you sorry. no to a project um and just be like I'm not the right fit for it yeah I think I would it would depend on the project really Sometimes, like, being in COVID times, post-COVID times, I'm like, well, job's a job, and I like a challenge. But also, like, I wouldn't write a play that a Black writer could write or a Latinx writer could write. Um, a lot of my work looks at South Asian voices, so that's or So a lot of my plays have, are either around South Asian voices or have a South Asian voice. And all my shows that I have written, ones that I'm writing, not the Young Brick one, they all have, like, a Doctor Who is a theme to all my work. We'll get on to Doctor Who. I really wanted a whole segment with you just about Doctor Who and how... Fabulous. No, but, like, how it really has impacted you. And you've written that blog, which I talked about, The Doctor That Saved My Life. But, like, it is fascinating how you are enamoured with it and the power that it has in your work in regards to it. So, before we jump into anything, God, just talk about Doctor Who and the saving grace that is. <laughs> Doctor Who because you even bring it on stage so I watched one of your pieces and you even bring like the book on stage and everything like that and I didn't realize that it was a novel or anything I've always just thought that it was a tv show created oh my god no I have like maybe like 100 books on Doctor Who maybe 120 I've got the magazines I've got the monthly subscription of the magazine and I think for me I was getting bullied quite severely in school and I got to the point where I didn't want to be alive and the show I'm developing with the National Theatre Scotland is a show about suicide and me and Doctor Who kind of became like that escape on a Saturday evening where you escape for 45 minutes to a new world and then you go into Doctor Who Confidential for 45 minutes yeah and also as the series went on it really gave me my love for writing it really gave me my love for stories I was like oh I want to do this Ooh, and yeah it just grew and grew and then it's the one show that I've never stopped loving. Have you found similarities in your writing styles being influenced by the writing of Doctor Who? And the second question was going to be that when you write specific things, how do you safeguard yourself from that experience, especially when you did, was it Mac On Who, which is an autobiographical show? And then when you did your suicide play as well, how do you, those are heavy things, which I feel like when I was doing Soho Writers Lab, I was like, I have certain boundaries which I don't want to cross. And that is kind of like a challenging thing to get over because you want to expand the the narratives that are around South Asian plays. Mm-hmm. And then you're battling your own personal trauma at the same time because you're being inspired 
by your own situation to write a play. Yeah, so I think so for me, the way I safeguard my weird so um so my gone home um when I came out to my parents literally the day before McGonho. Oh McGonho. That's like McGonho. No, sorry. McGonho. McGonho for you. I came out to my parents the day before that show and oh, the original wow. yeah, the original plan was to come out in the show. I was in the script and my lecture sat What me a down. story. What a story. And there's a film in there. <laughs> and my lecture sat me down during my tech run. They were like, don't do this. This is not the way to do it. And I think what got me through that was the people I had on stage with me, my dancers, my musicians, my sitar players. Like they all got me through it. And then with I Wasn't Okay, which is the show I'm doing about suicide with NTS, uh, we put in safeguarding policy. So the women I'm working with, uh, Rosie, who is a powerhouse and amazing, she is like my part of contact and we take time out if it's too much. But we've also changed the story so that it's not who in your face about suicide. And there's, a, there's guidelines online of what you can and can't say when it comes to talking about suicide in plays. And then the other thing in my play is I've got my friend Kenny, who's a musician, but he's also like my... Kenny Rogers. No, Kenny Dunlop. Um, Kenny Rogers is dead. Uh, oh wow! I, right. I mean, I'm not. I can't bring back the dead. I'm not that Indian. Um, but then Kenny is like my mental health support on the piece, and he like looks after me. And then he knows like when it's getting too deep to like stop me working and we go for a walk or something. So basically, the thing is, you gotta have people around you, which you're quite privileged in then because I writing is a very lonely place to be. It's it's not about sharing your work unless I feel like you're being commissioned and you're working with a dramaturg or a director. It's a very, very lonely place because you have all mm. of these characters in your head or unless you have the the, the privilege of R&Ding, it really is just a lonely place. So it's interesting that you have people around you to like protect you from all I of I think those. for me, it's because I am quite a collaborative artist. I yeah. don't really like to work alone. Yeah, for me, I like having other people in the room. I like having other art forms. And um, the Young Vic piece, even though I'm writing it alone, I've got the directors I can like voice note her and thoughts so yeah you don't need to feel alone I'm here you can chat to me and I love meeting new writers especially like other South Asian writers especially other queer South Asian writers because there ain't many of them and the ones I that feel are, like now what... there are I feel like now there's a little bit too many there are but yeah. do you know also what I feel is I feel Calm like down. it can be quite cliquey what the South Asian queer scene or yeah. the South Asian queer writing scene both <laughs> I feel like it can be when you're not like in that London England bubble because yeah. funding is different down there. You kinda I kinda do feel alone up here sometimes within that circle. Hence why I make my own circle. So I'm just kinda like I'm South Asian, but I'm not in London. I feel you. I I think there's a couple of things that I've been noticing about the scene, which uh, especially pertains to like being South Asian. I feel like either you have to surround yourself with a non-South Asian crowd and be the token person that builds off the experience and kind of like, I don't know, tokenizes your own culture in order to escalate something or mm. you have to really like monkey bar your way from like a click to a click to a click and there's very few people within the community or the scene that are genuinely just genuine people mm. which yeah i'm just like why yeah and then it makes you think who can you trust who's real but we're all in the same fucking boats like this the thing is this we're all in the same fucking boat fighting for the same fucking thing so rather than like trying to i understand like surviving mode 
like if we were just to i don't know get over insecurities but the thing is like i was reading your shit sorry i say that shit but like you were talking i was thinking like how many similarities we have in like the south asian queer experience like the trauma that we have in regards to like coming out or growing up having to hide stuff or like like our first kiss sex partners so many things we have so many similar experiences that it should like unify us which is what my show the vaults is all about also when you look at the queer community you're like yeah we're not really a community we're more of a like how are we we're not a community i would say establishment yeah we're an organization yeah but i mean there are organizations now yeah (laughs) so i think yeah i think when you when like being from scotland you kind of do feel alone in the art scene. Yeah. When everything can be quite England, London based. Plus, I love networking, so that's why I'm kind of like, hi, Rye. I, I'm always intrigued to know how this space is outside and whenever I meet creatives in Midlands they always talk about like how it's easy to like let's say access BBC or get funding and things like that especially like if you fit into the global majority space if you fit into the queer space if you fit into like neurodivergent how have you found that experience do you feel like your work has been getting more of the space if you uh, rather than if you were in London yes and no um I think my career kind of took off thanks to the pandemic, which is weird to say. Like, I I had work, I graduated in 2019. Um, I'd already been working throughout my degree, but then I graduated in 2019, started getting work for 2020 book, and then it all got cancelled, and I had no work. And I had to rebuild myself. So that's where I applied for Soul Theatre Writers. I was like, I'm never going to be a writer. And then through the pandemic, I became a writer. I started performing again, started working in schools. So it's been hard, and I think there is a real age Brack like barrier in the arts. Like if you're not eighteen to twenty five, if you graduate after twenty five, right. like you're not really seen as emerging. It's like I've been doing right. this for a while. So I do feel like it is harder in Scotland to get funding. And I think a lot of stuff here they kind of put you into one bubble, like POC, and it's like yeah, but you can't put someone from the South Asian community against someone in the Black community against someone in the East Asian community. We're all very different. So I do feel like there are still barriers to overcome. But then that's why I'm making my own work. And also, Creative Scotland funding is very different to ACE funding as well. Yeah, and being neurodivergent, reading their forms, you're like, wow, <laughs> I just want money. So yeah, I think most, I've only ever been seen by one theatre in Scotland in the 11 years I've been doing that, 12 years next month. Well, that was going to be one of my questions, which is like, what do you feel like have been the hurdles and the joys for somebody who's been like a creator of work? So I feel like it's in the same bracket of like if nobody gives you opportunity you create work for yourself right so what are the joys of that would you say and what are let's say three challenges of that three joys and three challenges I think the three challenges are tokenism and there's a lot of tokenistic like oh we need a diverse body oh we've got our one person for the year and you're like hi there's more than one person um I think money I think yeah, money here is just, I don't know where it goes. And three, I would say, is cliques. You never know if you're in the right clique, if you're in the right group that will support you. And three joys, I would say, of being a creator is you get to network and meet new people and reach out. The joy of a challenge when it comes to creating and just coming up with an idea. And a third joy, I don't know what a third joy is. I think another, I think I'll, I'll give you two joys and four barriers. <laughs> so I think the fourth one is if you got like one gig that paid well, I wouldn't need to juggle four jobs. So I'm about like getting your chance is really hard. Yeah. And I think when 
people write for South Asians, they only ever write one role, or when they write diversity, they always go to either one community or the other. So it's never like fully, it's not a buffet, it's more of a hand-picked finger food mm. when it comes to diversity. And I would love to just go to a buffet of diversity. It's what's in season at the moment. Yeah, and it's not the pineapple, it's more the plums. Yeah. And then you're just like, what is the rhyme and the reason for this? All I want to do is just work. I don't like, I don't, it's, I don't care about other shit. I just, I just want to work. Which is why like I've given myself 18 more months in the job as supervisor because it's not worth the money and it's not worth the stress. And within 18 months, I want to try and get a new job and challenge myself. Before we go into anything, a thought just came into my head, which was how did your um, conversation ended up going, which you can say yes or no to in regards to your coming out? Mine went exactly like how it went and it well, it fell into the space of how it did. But um, did you feel like, yeah, how was that situation for you? It was terrifying, but turned out a lot nicer. Um, um, so I went home and my mum was washing dishes and I screamed at her. Well, I watched a bit of Doctor Who first to Cameron Nerves. Wow. And then I, she was washing the dishes, had it back to me. And I screamed at her, Mum, I need to talk to you about my degree. She she's like, washing dishes, what's wrong with it? And I was like, I'm talking about mental health. So she's like, oh, so I'm bisexual. And she's like, what's that? Not looking at me yet. And I was like, it means that like women and men, tap goes off. And she's like, so no grandkids yet? And I was like, not yet, but maybe in the future. She's like, and I was like, do you still love me? She's like, yeah. And then she was like, what's bisexual? Um, no, she went, oh, you know, you can marry a white girl. I was like, no, no, mum, that's biracial. I'm bisexual. <laughs> um, and then she said, do you want me to tell your dad? And I was like, yes, please. And then she hugged me and I left for the night. And then I was watching my other classmates' shows that were on that night and came back at about half 11. Everybody was asleep. The next morning, I turned 26 today. I'm opening my degree show. My dad's cooking breakfast, but hasn't spoken to me yet. He's talking about, how are you feeling and all that? What and then just as I had breakfast, a full fry up, a Scottish fry up. What's a Scottish fry up versus an English fry up? Like a square sausage. A uh, square potatoes. sausage? Aye, it's great. And then a potato scone. It's a potato scone? I'm Googling Best it. Best thing ever. Um, and then just as I was leaving, my dad grabbed my arm. And I was like, oh, fuck, shit, this is the moment. And he just said to me, oh, your oh. mum spoke to me last night. I just wanted to know that you're our baby boy and we'll always love you. Now go oh. have a great show and we'll see you tonight. And then they came and they brought 60 individual covered cut slices of birthday cake. So at the end of my show, every audience member got a slice of birthday cake. And I think it was kind of easier for me because my big brother was also gay. So oh. Wait, so did was... he ease the pain? No, they were fine with it too. Just, but he came out first, right? Like, it's not like he yeah. came out and then he came out because he was like no i'll wait for you no you no you, go first. No, you go are, first. are you done yet yeah yeah can i go imagine if he's like stole my thunder <laughs> I, could, I only want to be the only gay kid in the family no it's like no you're not <laughs> how many siblings do you have there's just two of us oh just two two boys what a dream what a dream both in the arts or not really no he's not he's he's in like ayurveda he does like a lot of health and medicine and he got his qualification or he's studying to be an ayurveda yeah he did that last year he did that during like lockdown and that he's the brainier one you're brainy as well stop saying that Three projects that I wanted to talk about and the challenges and the joys of it, which is I don't give a fuck, can't live without it, mech on who, and you did Fringe as well, from which now you're going to do the Vaults show as well. So we're going to segue into that. But um, yeah, the three projects I don't give a fuck, cool. can't live without it, mech on who. I don't give a fuck came about. So in my drama school, we did a festival called Bridge Week where students can put in for money to create brand new shows and so some people would create full-on musicals, others would create like small installations. I, I always saw it as a stepping board to other work or creating shows. So I Don't Give a Fuck came about from a chat with a friend who was like, oh, I don't give a fuck about that. 
Um, and I was like, oh, I wonder what else people don't give a fuck about. So I put out on Facebook, tell me three to five things you don't give a fuck about. And we got about 700 of them. And we put it into a list. And it, basically the show is just a list. So it's me sitting and my friend Kieran, who's next to me, who's deaf. And he signs the show as I speak it. And then we swap over and I do the British language and he speaks. And Wait, I'm you, opera uh, singers. Are you BS, not BSL? I'm assuming there's a Scottish sign language. No, it's BSL. But I don't know. Because there's different dialects as well. Which not, I the, like apparently that, water in BSL is this, but in Manchester it's this. Well, I don't give a fuck because the <laughs> so I'd be sitting in meetings going, and everybody wouldn't know what I'm saying, but I'm just like, don't give a fuck. Um, but also in the show, we had opera singers who would come out and sing, What the fuck? I don't like a choir, like a choral situation, singing all about it. Was two of them, which could have been a choir, and it was booming voices. And the show was great, like, I slapped custard donuts into my face, uh, I poured a can of iron brew all over myself i uh, eat a handful of chili powder in the show because the whole show is like, i don't give a fuck about chili powder i don't give a fuck about cutter cream donuts and i slap them in my face this sounds very um, i don't give a fuck about bread and then i choke on bread yeah wow. so my degree and um, i did contemporary performance practice and um, because i got told i was too political for the acting course oh my god the same so i did my thing on uh, i did my uh what's it called your last year what is the thing called dissertation on the barriers and the challenges of performance are and like what what one will do to so I studied basically Marina Abramovich all about like women. I it was literally all about like the boundaries one will go to for the sake of art I mean off the podcast I'll tell you a story because I don't think the story I'll tell you is for the podcast oh, really? um, but I, I'll, I'll just put in short I don't need leaks anymore because I saw what a girl did in my class with a leak in first year oh it's okay I recently watched the video of a performance artist who's shoving sausages up her asshole in like in a scratch night thing and then she's giving it to the audience to shove it into her mouth <laughs> and she literally got sick because apparently she was high well a girl in my class started feeling her breath like took her breath out feeling her nipple was singing the welsh national anthem and started masturbating with a leak i've not ate leek and potato soup chicken and leek pie for it's going to be seven years i think it's time one. to break it you could you could do that no because i just think of the extra water on it <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, have you watched Two Girls in a Cup? Like, like you know, you never think. No. <laughs> you I have really ice cream really. and frozen yogurt. You still have that shit, so. I don't... <laughs> I just realised I was more of an actor when I saw... Nah. Like, the first two years of my degree was tough. So I don't give a fuck was more of a me just letting loose kind of show. Because my degree was very hard and quite racist as well at times. We like racist. Uh, yeah, we love a white man lecturer, guest lecturer, tell you. You know, Sanjay, I would love to take you for a coffee and teach you to be a proper Indian man. I think it'd be a good lesson for you. I thought this conversation and I was like, somewhere. I, I would love to take you to a coffee and then talk about your future. But I'd be like, sure. Yeah, but no, he wanted to teach me how to be a proper Indian man. He'd been to India for six months and trained to be a, a yoga practitioner. And I was like, cool, you're Indian now, yeah. Did you get any tips from him? What were the no, because I was pissed. I was pissed off and I walked away I, like, I would have been me, be no, what were the tips I me punching them um <laughs> so I don't give a fuck was a very crazy show and yeah. then can't live without it was a verbatim show I did as part of a module called negotiated project so negotiated project you literally create a project yourself you also create the grading system you you decide what you get graded on and I was really intrigued in the racism post-Brexit. So I made a verbatim play where I interviewed like 20 odd people and we wrote about what, excuse me, how Britain can't live without people of colour. So we had, the, I broke it up into continents. So we had South Asia, Africa, was that it? Basically we had four characters and it was just people's experiences about what they'd experienced during when, what do you call it? 
Brexit happened and it was quite some really horrible stories and a lot of people were saying they wouldn't call oh no can't live without it wait I'm telling you about the wrong show I think you are I've just realized I was gonna say, um, but I was like interesting keep going for it because I was like this... I don't think I can't live without it was about that yeah no the show I'm talking about is called this isn't my Britain can't live without it was a show about how Britain can't live without South Asians yeah and I you did classical Indian dance for it and I educate oh. the audience on words are that... you classically Indian trained because I saw you wearing the kungurus and everything but the play kungurus and I was like do you do Bharatnatyam do you do classical do you say Odyssey what is it no I do improv Kathak <laughs> is what I call it like live art improv I <laughs> love classical dancers hate those kungurus they fucking hate them sometimes for me I enjoy the sound of them with the foot yeah. and that's why I use them but no I'm not classically trained but my one of my close friends is trained so she on my shows when I do use them and she teaches me all the foot movement okay. and then I like contemporify them she's like da, de, da, da. and you're just like bada, yeah that's me I'm like and she's like no Sanjay one two three one two I'm like okay yeah yeah, I'm really bad at focusing though. So Can't Live Without was about that. Yeah, and it was really interesting doing research on words used in British language, British language, English language, that white people have kind of forgot, and maybe also everybody has forgot, don't come from the, the Britain. It comes from us, like, my favourite one is juggernaut, as an Indian word. And what else was that? Cummerbund. What the hell's a cummerbund? I, I actually thought a cummerbund was a closed room. No, but a cummerbund is like the wee thing you put on your waist, over a waistcoat. Like a, like a little corset? Like a belt? Yeah, kind of. Sure, let's go with that. I don't know if people wear them these days. I don't know. Barda. Oh, which but... we don't know. But that's a, that's in the English language. Is it? Hello? Yeah. Curtains, like yeah, that's why I don't think they use it that much. Wow. What else was it? There was just so many words. I was like, oh, "White people be stealing my culture," um, <laughs> which was just yeah, it blew my mind. I was like, "This is like insane." But uh, yeah, it was a really interesting show, and it was only maybe twenty minutes. I did it for forty-five, and I came in to do you know the song "Daily Bitch and a Bit," yeah, I came in with the water going. And then it you just great. see my... you just were like getting tortured was in Guantanamo with water, water torture. They like, <laughs> and I would come in so that at each like water, I would walk in with my gongros on the foot. And um, it's a very interesting show. I had real Indians. Why do you show. not live in London? I swear to God, I would love. I to can't see. afford it. If people had a room that I can crash in and be there. Oh my god, I can't afford London anymore as well, to be honest. That's why I'm just thinking of moving out. Are you from London? No, originally from Holland. You didn't sound like Giffy Holland. What? Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I expected more of an accent, you know? You know? It, that sounds Russian or. <laughs> well, but I've been in this know. country for like 20 years, so. Wait, how old are you? 30, about to be 32 next month. Oh, you're the same age as me almost. I'm going to be 30 in March. Yeah, according to theatre, we're dead because funding goes to the yeah. under as you said, or under 30s. I literally... Or saw, it goes, so you know when you were mentioning... Yeah, so you know when you were mentioning the Young Vic stuff, I'm doing the um a Fresh Direction program there and it, I literally also just assisted a project there and I was, every time I go into that building, I'm just like... Oh, you must know my friend then, Ashin Gupta. I don't think so. That building is okay. quite huge. The Young Vic? Yeah. Is and, it? And also they have like different departments. So like... Well, yeah. my writing's going to be performing there on the 31st and the 1st of April. Okay, I'll be in the country. Yeah, I'll be in the country. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. You're going back to Holland? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm leaving this country. 
Uh, wait, what was the last show? What was the last show? Uh, I don't give a fuck we've done. I can't live without. Oh, Mek On Who. Mek On Who literally was my degree show. Um, I don't like it. I really don't like the show. Was it inspired by Rithik Roshan's <laughs> No. <laughs> that would have been cool. No, my the degree show, I just wanted to write something that was fun. Um, like, do you know the song by Mabel? Ring, ring. Are you there? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had six musical theatre and we did like a whole ring ring and boom boom uh, I'll send you the video it's great great oh. viewing and um, I had a choreographer and I was like I want this this and this and it was like pure like when she goes ring ring I go boom boom it was great well would like, you but, flash your tits or like no like it's like the chest push like oh, okay. yeah. um, but I wasn't a fan of the show it was very dictated by my lecturers I felt and changes they wanted and then the grade I got was like a C3 and it was an autobiographical show and it just made me think how can you grade someone's life story so I kind of felt about like cool the white people got A's for hugging TVs woohoo so I just hugged some sort of burfee or something on stage but then I there was things in that show that I really enjoyed and I reworked it and that became Jalembi, which was my Soho play that I wrote, which was then long-listed for the Tony Craze Award. Yeah, so, I say that now as well. Whenever I apply to things, I'm just like, I got long-listed. Yeah, I'm like, hey. Because that was a big thing for me. Mm. I've never been long-listed or award, got into any awards, things yeah. like that. So yeah, that, and there was also a girl in my Soho group who got long-listed but wasn't happy. And she like, in the WhatsApp group, was like, that is not great. Long-listed isn't great. And she left the group. And then she came back and apologised to us all. That was like awkward. I'm always just like, don't you all get long listed? Like it's 50 of us in a way. We all get submitted and in a way we all get long listed. And then the short list is announced like, I don't know, X amount of months later. So always just say you're all long listed. Yeah. But hey, I got in the top 10. I got told that in my email. So I was like, hey, cheers, girls. <laughs> Quezzy, would you... It, having done the RCAS and like having done Soho Writers Lab and like done different things, would you suggest for people to do that industry stuff? That's a hard question. So I come from like a very working class background and I, I never got into drama school straight off. I went through short courses, which is kind of like, it's also like where I now kind of teach sometimes. Um, and that's a route that if you don't have money, you can like do short courses. And then they gave me a scholarship to do a year's worth of short courses. And that's how I got into my undergrad was because I tried out the course. I think if you want to get your skills up, if you want to like proper hone in your craft education can be good for you if you are just going on it because you want to get famous it's not for you because you're going to get famous you say having that graduated is, it's different you will probably yeah. get famous i if you're shagging on tv and you're on reality tv well it's also hashtag influencers hashtag content creators hashtag that life i mean i made my first tiktok the other day and i was like you want a picture let me pause but you're not you got me now and it was with stitch from lilo and stitch um You've done tedx by the way no i would love to do one of them oh that's my dream as well like i want to do a tedx talk about something should we do one together i'm down for it let's just I, make something up i literally but you can like you can literally apply to the thing host your own tedx situation you just need to get approved by the board I may do that here in my drama school, TEDx Arts. But I think things like Soho really did change my life. I think when I graduated and then pandemic hit and lost work, I was like, hey, I'm done. Like I actually went uh, and was going to train to be a teacher. So I had to do English and maths because in Scotland, to be a teacher, you need to have English and math. I failed maths, but I passed English. But I realised actually with Soho and doing all that work, I didn't want to become a teacher. So I think if you have the burning design, you have the ideas, you have the plays, and you know what you want to do, Soho and stuff like that is great. Like most of the stuff I've been doing is thanks to connections like with Zara, Damasha, kids companies up here, and Soho has been a massive support. Because with Soho, 
I then wrote another piece that was my last piece at drama school, which was I wasn't okay. And then I got awarded last July the John Mather Trust Rising Star of Scotland Award with the National Theatre of Scotland. So I became a writer on attachment for one year with the National Theatre of Scotland. So it depends what you want in life because sometimes people want to like strengthen their craft and skills and learn. And I think that's just as valid as going out there and gaining real life experience. Well, let's talk about Fringe, which inspired the Vols Festival. Let me like a chai tea latte. Go for it. The stages are yours. Yeah. Um, so thanks to my friend Sani Ravel, who's an actor, invited me to Brown Sauce Comedy last year. And I went to see them. And then I got in touch with Charlene, who runs it, and said, I was at the Fringe. I'd love to perform. And she gave me a 10-minute slot. I did 11 minutes. Um, and I was on stage with Atsuko, the comedian, She's fab. Um, I, I sent her a message on Instagram saying if she'd come to my vault show, then I realised she's in America. So she's not going to come. But I tried. And love me like a chai tea latte. I was just like, do you know what? It's a festival. Let's try it. And I just shoved in the application. I never thought I'd get selected. And then here I am with a show for two nights <laughs> in the vaults. Very stressed. Very tired. These bags are real. You'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Still a bit nervous though. Um, I've not written the show yet because it's a mix of poetry and stand-up. So even though everybody's going to be like, ha ha ha, they're always going, oh. And I like that kind of word. It makes people go, oh. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. There's no chai involved, which I feel bad. Um, the budget just didn't cover chai. And also, I don't know if everybody's lactose intolerant. I want no one shitting in my show. They're not going to get chai in the show. They'll get me drinking chai. And if it's my boyfriend, I'll share it with him, but not with anybody else. That's if Peter doesn't leave you for David Tennant. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I don't think you will. Well, I'm better looking than David Tennant. And I've I got think, a bit of fat on me. I think this is what you should do. I think before the show starts, you should have Peter coming out in a dhoti and a shalwakamese. Or I can lend you all of this stuff, by the way. You just raid through my closet and just have him hold one of the, the old school like, glass holders with like chai in it and just have him go, Ek rube, ek rube, do rube, do rube, do rube, do rube. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i can't pay him no that's okay it's only two it's so, nights isn't it i've learned a lot though doing a festival it's like yeah. you only get paid if sure. people buy tickets which i've never done a festival so it was like proper like mind-blowing where you have to pay like for a facebook post you have to pay for like a small photo and a brochure i'm paying for it being filmed so currently with ticket sales i ain't getting paid so. but don't you have to pay an entry fee as well to the vaults because i know some festivals you have to pay an entry fee like edinburgh as well you have to pay this one it was lucky not to because they had different um schemes and i was like i'm poor i can't afford this but i want to do it i hope i'm not paying anything i don't think i am okay. i can't remember what my contract said though you didn't look at that again you did out of the curiosity which is like how did you even come up with the concept of love me like a chai tea latte and like what does the show talk about because i know it's stand-up comedy i know it's poetry i know all those things i've read a little bit of the blurb but i'm just like i want to know more it was about it was this week gori that i was talking to about chai tea latte she was like oh i love chai tea latte you know and I, she was like so about like oh it's so sweet and i'm my, and in my head i was i remember it was one of those days i was like ugh, it's not even a chai tea like that set up for a bottle hen so I remember just having a whole thing about what is chai? And then I was thinking about where I am. And when I applied for this, I was with Peter, and I'm talking with Peter, um, and I was just thinking about all the articles that I've met before him and all the horrible experiences I've had. But then I was like, whenever I tell friends about it, like the first guy I dated had no teeth. Um, I was like, this is all really funny. Um, yeah, his Tinder profile wasn't what it was. He showed his smile at us. And I was like, oh, he's got a nice smile, but where's the teeth? Then Wait, I met why him. didn't he have any teeth? Did he have, like, a problem? Or, like, he... Yeah, 
he came up to me walking up to me he was like wow definitely had, like he was on the shake that was like oh it's just Glasgow it's cold now you're not cold you've, you're, you've had something and um, yeah. so it's just it's about coming out after my 26th birthday and all the experiences of it, but also educating you on what chai is so everything is going to be a bit taken aback when the poetry hits a bit because mm. I don't my poetry I've got quite in your face mm. quite ah. like boom boom did you write poetry always? Because uh, when I was watching, I wasn't okay. There was poetry in that as well. And I was just intrigued to know how you've found a mesh of them. Yeah, so I used to write song lyrics when I was younger. Do you remember any of them? <laughs> if you can sing them, that'll be great. If you can make an original song for my show as well, that'll be great. I asked I Natasha rem- to make one and she hasn't still made one. I remember like random lines. Like, do you remember the song? Do you remember the film Halloween Town on Disney, on Disney Channel? With uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? No. Oh, then no. And I remember there was a word in it, Trapper. And I just remember one line that I wrote called, It just goes Trapper. That's all I remember. Do you sometimes feel like writers should go into like pop mainstream situation and just become like yeah. lyricists? Because... I mean, I was watching the Whitney Houston film, I Want to Dance with Somebody, and the way that people were sending songs, I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to write a song and be like, there you go, Jennifer Hudson, there's a song for you, him. Do I go sing that? And she'll be like, no, that's not for me. And I'll be like, okay, Jennifer Hudson doesn't want my song. (laughs) Dolly Dolly Parton wants it. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, fuck you, Jennifer. So I think when, because I used to write song lyrics, that was like poetry for me. And then as I got older... I started writing poetry in my degree and we had a module called text and performance and that's what I started writing poetry for that and then just never stopped and then I got poetry published during the pandemic as well so I have original poems out there yeah nice how was that for you writing that really fun yeah and um, I, I got invited to write a poem that got published for LGBT history month in 2021 uh, which is all about being a queer agent which might feature in my show Chai latte over here. Come, come watch the show, please. Please buy a ticket. <laughs> please, please <laughs> buy one. London's not cheap, but no, I'm looking forward to it. But that's where the show came from. It came from Chai latte. Came from real experiences of this whole oh the gay community. We're like so connected. We're so supportive, and it's like yeah, but you're also quite racist. Um, and I also just like to educate people on chai and have a bit of a laugh. And I'm the kind of my kind of stand up is uh, chatting to people. Yeah. Um, also being very neurodiverse, I'll go on tangents. Like that's, that's gonna happen. Where I might get Peter to be like tangent, um, if I go on a tangent. But I also think that's like comedians in general. Yeah. They go on a tangent. So. I do need to write down all my stories. Three things this industry could do with and without. Quickly, fire rounds. Um, me, you, and well, I, I could do without or with. I <laughs> <laughs> could do without. So what they could do with is yeah. less tokenism around casting and just in general, more support and better funding for emerging and emerging not just being stopping at 25. Do you feel like now you, um, like I, the industry tokenizes me as emerging still. Do you feel like you've gone over that hurdle? No, no, I'm still no. emerging. I, I'll be emerging for the rest of my life. And um, I think once I get a piece on... <laughs> <laughs> just keep doing that and um, that'll be me and um, i think once i get a piece on then i'll feel like oh i'm early career 
I feel like I'm still emerging. I've not hit the early career. I'm nowhere near mid career. Oh god, I can't like I hate these terms of like uh, when yeah. you do especially like ACE applications. So I just did like a DYCP application, and in it they were just like, "Why are you applying for this?" And I was like, "Cause I want to be able to go from emerging to <laughs> early slash mid career." You're like, I just want to go farther. I also want the money just to be able to do yeah. Um, This is a personal question, which I'm intrigued to know your response about since we're talking about being South Asian and stuff like that. My last month at Soho Writers Lab got really, really depressing because I started going to like production meetings in like theatres and seeing how they program things. Whilst I was writing my play, Walid, uh, Walid's play, The P Word, was getting advertised at the bush. And because my play was also like being South Asian, being queer, I'm also of like Pakistani Punjabi heritage and his play was coming from Pakistan, but it was a completely different story. I was getting told verbally by a lot of producers that this is not your season to do this play. I was just like, it, it took me back to your conversation as well, which you say in an interview that you did on YouTube, which I watched, that that's why you got into writing work because you didn't want to play like the stereotypical roles that were being offered to you as a South Asian actor. And I was just thinking about my own journey as well, where like when I got into the industry, there was the goodness gracious me guys or Sacha Darwin, mm. or like if you wanted Dev Patel, you weren't like on the radar and you were being offered specific roles. Um, mm. And then came like so many other people that are now doing it that are like multidisciplinary and things like that. But there's a revolving door of similar names that are being circulated. And I was just like, I, I feel like there's this box of being South Asian writers where you either have to write historical trauma or tokenistic play of our cultures or direct mm. those or act in those or you have to completely disassociate. Do you ever have these conversations with yourself? And do you feel like you'll come out of these boxes as just a just a writer or just a, an actor, just a performer? They kind of annoy me. I think, yeah, there's a real tokenism when you see the same names over and over. I think there's a real lack. This is what, so during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of work on race equality in the arts, um, especially at my drama school and the black community in the arts do so much better than the South Asian community because they're not competitive against each other. They hoist each other up. They support one another. Whereas I feel like in our community, we do see it still as competition. We don't congratulate each other. We don't share platforms with each other. We don't, and this came, a quote from a playwright um, in Scotland who was of colour says, I can't remember the story, but in the gist of it, it was like, there was one female director and when she was in a room with men, they would like talk to us, congratulate her, say, yeah, yeah, we'll keep you in touch. We'll let you know about work. When she left that room and then they all went to other meetings and th there was talk of, oh, we need a new candidate. We need a woman. Her name would never get circulated. And I see that with people in the arts, with South Asians is like, we will all be pally pally. But when it comes to like putting someone forward for work, no one remembers your name. Everybody will be your pal and network for you, mm. but there'll never be that support to them. Be like, oh yeah, there's Rai that he can do this. There's none of that. And I feel like, yeah, the black community does so much better with supporting each other and getting the work out for each other and making space for each other. And I'm kind of tired of seeing the same names. I'm tired of seeing the same people. And I wish people would just give, just like, I mean, I'm not saying give me the work, but I'm just like, welcome me in and just let me see how you work, see what your processes are. I don't know if that answered your question. But it kind of does. But I I think my main question was like, do you ever feel boxed or stereotyped? Not now just as an actor, but now as like a South Asian queer writer. I think yes and no. No, because I'm quite vocal about 
what it is I like doing. My agent is brilliant and she knows not to just put me up for queer Asian work. I get put up for many of things and I've seen for various different things. I think when it comes to Scotland, I do get seen as like the Asian writer um, because there isn't many here. And I'm not really sad about that because there's not many people here doing it. I think if I came to England, then yeah, I'd be a bit like, there's more to me than that. But also, I put South Asian voices in my work because I look at what the area is not being talked about within those areas. Because, like, for example, if you look at TV, and they always do South Asian work, it's always historical plays. It's always things based around partition, and I'm like, there's other things that happen in India, not just partition. And so I'm really interested in how can you open up the narrative? So put me in a box, but then I'm going to change up that box. I'm going to decorate it from within, from with my own decorations, not what you think as a South Asian play or show. I personally feel like the the pillars of what makes a person convicted in their path and gives them the conviction to live every day into their passions, into their truth are three pillars. One is confidence and grit that you have either as like an innate thing. So like that, you know, you're the shit or like that you will get there. Um, Faith, which can be either spirituality or religion. And then sec- third is support. So that can be like family, financial, friends, um, a close-knit community, whatever it is to be able to support you. And I think those three pillars give you the the steps to be able to. If you hearing from you, like the amount of support that you have from your friends and your family and things like that, if you feel like you didn't have those three pillars, would you continue to do what you're doing today and be the person that you are? No. And also I never I almost never went into acting in this sense. I almost went into law and translation and it was and I spoke seven languages at one point and it was my drama teacher that was like, No, this is for you. So yeah, I don't think I would be the person I am today. I don't think I would have came out if I went down that route. I don't think I would have known about my neurodiversity. I don't think I would have known uh, spoken about my mental health. Um but also it's really interesting you said because I had a meeting with a casting director at National Theatre Scotland and I told her like, all the stuff I've been through with like equity and the racism I had there and other organisations and she was like why are you still doing this? I was like because I never saw myself on stage in Scotland when I was younger I never saw someone that looked like me come into school I want to do it for those future generations to know that this is an industry for them this is somewhere where they can make work so that's why I have continued on this path it's not been easy but I think that's what my drive is and helps me continue is what can I give to future generations see I find that sometimes like that used to be my drive and I find that a hard drive to continue to push through especially when you sometimes don't feel supported by your community does that make sense yeah so if you're doing it like young south asian people to be able to get into the industry and when some young south asian creatives are or the south asian community just doesn't support you you're just like what the fuck yeah i think it's different in scotland because we don't have any south asian companies up here as well um which is a dream of mine to start my own one here i was just gonna say um, why don't you oh too much too much too much right i'll do it in 10 years time um but i and it's not even just south asian it's just kids Mm -hmm. in general that come from working class backgrounds because i do come from quite a deprived area in glasgow so i and actually i kind of feel like i kind of achieved that goal in a way because a few weeks ago i was working here and i'm i was supervising i was sitting with my colleague and this young kid came up to me he's like are you sanji and i was like yeah he's like i don't know if you know this, but you came to my school when i was in primary six which was a good like six seven years ago and he's like um this might sound cheesy but you're the reason that i wanted to come to rcs because i wanted to know what i could do so you kind of made me want to do drama and i was like oh and he's like so yeah thanks for coming to my school 
and my colleagues are like, are you okay? I was like, no, I kind of feel like quite touched by that. Um, quite emotional. So it kind of felt like, okay, I'd kind of achieved what I wanted to do. Um, and then he started telling me about things that I did when I was teaching it. Like he told, he still remembered doing head, shoulders, knees and toes in Punjabi. And I was like, <laughs> how's this wee Gora child remembering that? Like, sir, morda, gorda, per, gorda, per. I was like, this is great. Uh, what words of wisdom would you, I'm, I'm like taking the story, but I'm just like in the back of my head. I'm like, I gotta ask you more questions. What words of wisdom would you give to yourself if you looked in the mirror today? Don't worry about the way you look or your weight. Don't feel alone because you're not and enjoy it. Even when the racists and the critics put you down, enjoy every moment. Last question before we do some games. Peaks and valleys is a question I ask everybody. Uh, peak is a high point of your professional life uh, or personal. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? A valley is a low point of your personal professional life. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? So I think a high point was getting into drama school on April Fool's Day. I thought it was a joke when the email came through and I remember I was at a conference down in England Yeah. and the email came through at like 10 past 10 in the morning and I got so excited and then saw the time I was like, oh wait, it's April Fool's still. This is a joke. And my friend sat me down going, Sanjay, the drama school cannot do this to you. And I, I think drama school, that would be really harsh, but drama school was a real learning curve for me. Like the four years, I've been here for 12 years now because like I worked with the student union, then I did two year short courses, then I did my four year undergrad and I've been working here since and I think I learned a lot I networked a lot I did a lot of work outside of here and that kind of led on to like stuff like UNTS so like National Theatre Scotland would never know who I was if I didn't do my third replacement with National Theatre Scotland's company inaugural company residence digitally back then so I feel like that was a big thing also I'm the first one in my family to go to university so my mum cried her eyes out at my graduation and also graduation I got my certificate but then I also got the principal's award for all-round excellence for the whole school of drama Oh, so, like, the, the highest awards that you can get are the Principal's Awards. And it's School of Music and School of Dance. Ah. Drama, dance, production and film. And I got the one for my for school. dance because you're a classical Indian trained yeah. dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, that song. I like the fact when she's on her, she's like, um, the onomatopoeia of... Uh, the symbols that I use are, uh, you know, the song. So me and my sister, we actually came up with a lot of meaning when we were writing the song. Salam, 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 salam. Do you watch Bollywood though? Oh yeah. I don't think it's as good anymore though. No, but have you watched the recent song with Deepika and Shahrukh, which is like just in my head, which is da 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 da. You need to watch it. I'll send it to Indiana Jones. No, it's it's like in Spanish. It starts off and it's just like it's a song that's in my fucking head these days. No, the song that's in my head is you want the picture. Let me pause for you now. You got me now. Like I sang, I sang it to my mom because the words start off with "sexy, sexy, a bottle of Pepsi." What song are you opening up at the vaults? I need a song. I need a number. I, in there. I don't have PRS for songs, so I'm just gonna sing. But I do sing Shirley Bassey in this in the show. Okay. Do you sing a Punjabi yeah. song? Do you sing a Diljit Dosanjh or Satinder Sataj or anything? I can sing a Miss Booja. Yeah, I do. Why not? Which goes with the whole show. 
I dare gay you. men leave me. He doesn't even know me. He doesn't recognize me. That's what gay men do. They walk away. Oh my god, you've given me an idea for my. I swear to god, if you don't do some good, I'm gonna boo you. I've seen her live. Have you seen? I haven't. I've only seen Diljit live and I've seen Satinder live. Those are the only she two. She came things. to the Glasgow Mela in 2019 and I was hosting. No, 2018, um, the year before I was hosting. Um, I mean, my friend, my best friend, Sinead, um, we got up to the front. I don't, no, no, she has hair. Um, and um, this wee baby, like, slapped me on the arm because I was whispering to Sinead, translating what Miss Pooja was singing. Yeah. And this wee baby, I think, thought I was kissing Sinead on the neck. And I'm like, I'm just trying to tell my friend what she's saying. Very awkward. Um, I've even seen Delair Mendy live. I even saw Asha Bosley live in 20. She's actually coming to London. Which again, uh, yeah, it's her or Sonu Nigam that we wanted to go see, but we'll see who I want to go see. Asha Bosley, she'll be dead soon. Yeah, that's true. Like, give her she's 10 one years, of the late, she's one of the late greats. I got to see Lata though, that was like a thing that I definitely wanted to do once in a lifetime. So I got to see Lata, which was like really genius. When was that? That was what, like 28, 2008, something like that. Yeah, before she died, before, like, yeah, way longer. I just love the fact she would like have a script of everything, her glasses. She, like, <laughs> No nothing, literally just a repertoire of song and everybody just like fucking losing their shit in the audience and the chairs getting moved down and everybody just dancing. And then this woman's just trying to read, oh, I got the word wrong, just sing it again. <laughs> Sorry. The game time! What a way in. What a way what a woman oh i forgot to ask you this what's your favorite part of the job by the way what job uh, any job yeah um and my supervisor role here my favorite part is the tannoy um, and announcing the job like good afternoon welcome to rock and central scotland this afternoon's performance of shakespeare taking place at 2 p.m the doors are now open for you do you, ever slip something, do you ever slip something stupid in um, yeah, so depending on shows, I change up my tannoys. So they did an opera here called Flight, which mm-hmm. is all about basing airport. And I changed my tannoys to ding, 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 ding. Hello, and welcome to Royal Conservatoire of Scotland Air. Tonight's flight at 7pm is ready to take off. Please have your boarding passes ready for the usher. No, the flight attendants will see your ticket. So I changed it up. And then I, I did that for one night and then stopped because I had a racist incident happen at work. And I was like, fuck it, shit. And I just changed. And um, what I love about the acting world, I think it is meeting people and stuff, doing stuff I love. Like meeting people like you is like such a joy. Even though like we've been in the same circles for years and never spoke. But okay. yeah, just making, I think, I'm sorry I'm so far away, independence. And <laughs> um, I just enjoy meeting people and then connecting with people and making people smile really and I, when I got bullied and I got to the point where like I don't know what I live in that I think my aim in life just came around making people smile and just trying to be happy that's a good aim fuck the bullies man fuck the bullies in it now alright the game sections are called Super Child Play With Rye we different segments uh, we're gonna start off with slow situations and we're gonna get into fast situations just like my life is <laughs> alright your first section is called If I Was make it all original if you were a movie what would the original title of that movie be be rapid fire round like Coffee with Karan go Pataka <laughs> what what would the title song be? Four, three, two, go. Are you ready? Bam 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 bam. 
What would the storyline be? A boy who doesn't fit in, but then to fit in, he realizes he's got magical powers to be a Pataka, and he becomes a human Pataka, and everybody loves him, and then he burns his haters. Pataka! <laughs> Give me three actors that would star in it. Haritik Roshan. Um, hey, why Singh. do you say Haritik Roshan? It's Ritik, yeah. I'm Scottish. Um, Shushmita Shen. Shen? Um, and Lumble. Lumble. And Lumble. <laughs> Bus, get here now. Get here. Um, if you were a drink, what would you be? A virgin pina colada. If you were a food, what cuisine would you be? Mexican. If you were a fruit, what would you be? Pineapple. If you were a dessert, what would you be? Um, hot fudge cake melting with a scoop of ice cream. At least you just had that last night. Oh hey. <laughs> if you were a color, what would you be? Orange. If you were a clothing item, what would you be? Dungarees. <laughs> Nice. If you were a flower or a plant, what would you be? Dead. <laughs> All right. Have you ever done the following? Have you ever hooked up with a fellow artiste or admirer? Yes. <laughs> Have you ever flirted to get ahead? No. Wow. Have you ever I get joined? Too the... nervous. I kind of... Really? Oh yeah, that is. Like, oh, you got, you got my Maybe you should be. You should go and you want my picture, like my. <laughs> Um, have you ever joined the Mile High Club or the I don't know what it's called when you do it in a ship? Have you seen the size of those toilets? How the, I don't get how people do that. Have you ever had sex in public? No. Have you ever peed while swimming? Does the ocean count? Yeah. Yeah, when I went to Malta, I did. All right. Have you ever forgotten words and made it up on the spot? All the time. <laughs> cookies or cake? What would you rather? Cake with cookies in it. Game change, new business idea. Mm-hmm. Have you ever eaten within a couple of seconds when something has dropped on the floor or you've just put it in the bin and you're just like, no, it's fine. Let just... Yeah, five second rule. <laughs> what would you rather be, rich or famous? Happy. It's either rich or famous. It's not oh, happy okay. or sad. I'll go with rich then. What would you rather, uh, critical acclaim or win lots of awards? Critical acclaim, because then it means that can put me in line for other awards. Netflix or Prime? Disney Plus. Apple TV or Hulu? Disney Plus. Fairy tales uh, or mythological stories? Are they know the same thing. No, because mythological. We'll go with, I'll go with mythological because I do love ancient Greek, so uh. mythological. Mythological. Uh, Mythological. World peace or equality? Equality. Because you're gonna cats. get. You're never gonna get world peace without equality. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Uh, Bollywood or Punjabi films? Same thing, no. No, same thing. I will beat you. I swear to God, I will beat. You. <laughs> I'll go Bollywood. La. All right. This next section is called Can you improv though? Who's Kenny improv? No, can you improv though? Oh, wow, you're American now? Can you improv though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it, so I'm basically going to give you different scenarios and you have to finish them. Okay, so first you're going to do a monologue and I'm going to give you these specific pointers and this is how you have to act it out. Okay, you have to read the monologue in a Welsh accent. Okay, in a Welsh accent whilst acting. And this is your mission that you are a sad white girl wasted in the club and you just found out that um your boyfriend has gotten your sister pregnant i was just like in the club. No, wait, I, in the club. i'm giving you a monologue you don't have to make it all up right on the <laughs> okay so those are your three pointers okay you're gonna do a monologue by uh good old william shakespeare this is macbeth all right welsh 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 all right in four three two 
เอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อ
Oh my god, you just came back from the forest. You can't have dirty hands. Like, right? I know, and I, I know you got a squirrel, right? But you know, I'm kind of getting tired of this. And I know I sang that song to you, and then you sang it to me, like, and in that song you were saying, "Teriyaki sandwich, beanie day," but. I didn't want you to drink from my eyes. I just wanted a glass of milk. That's all I wanted. And you didn't need to go through the forest to the shop. Now that you've been through the forest to get me some food, can you, like, wash your hands before you pour it in a glass? Yes, I know you're Mama Haboob, Mahaboob, but Mary, yeah, I know. But Shushmita, you need to, like, get on with it. I can't have you, like, coming out the house all dirty with your dirty hands and everything. Corona's still a thing here. You're not even vaccinated. So can you, like, get your act together, okay? Because I'm tired of it. I need my milk. I need to get my medication, okay? Cool, right. right. Soaps in the soaps in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well done. You really love Sushmita, don't you? She just came in my head. You really do love Sushmita. I I'm just thought Haritik didn't make it in there. I just thought of the song she does the whole hand thing, which I always find yeah. very weird. And we're going to end with a nice little situation, which is everybody loves a little bit of a rant. And you have 30 seconds to rant about anything and everything that you want. But the condition is you have to, you have to either start your sentence with bitch don't or end your sentence with bitch don't. Do you have a rant in mind? Shall I put 30 seconds on the timer? Yeah. All right. Ladies, gentlemen, and all the in-betweens, this is Sanjay Lagu's Bitch, don't. I'm tired of talking to them. Don't just bring me in room because you need brown people in the room. I'm not a kind of cake. Like, we brownies are a lot sweeter than a cake. I'm also tired of people just, like, picking and choosing when they want diversity. You can't even pit us against each other. Like, I'm just tired of that. Also, money. White people got money. Those rich people up there, you got money. Use it. Like, don't just bring me in because you're like, oh, we've got no white people, we've got no brown people. Diversity is not just one or the other. It's all Five. So proper acceptance of, like, really... Use your knowledge, like bitch don't. Mm-hmm. What are we sweeter than? Just out of curiosity, if we're not sweeter than cake, we're sweeter than life. We're sweeter than life. That's gonna be the title. <laughs> we're sweeter than life. Well, everyone, that brings us to an end, and I hope you enjoyed that. I want to say a massive thank you to the guest for their time. All of the information about the guest, myself, and the show will be listed in the bio. Make sure to follow, share, comment, and subscribe. Show us all some love, because isn't that what we want at the end of the day, some love? Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow and the people that are on here. Thank you again, and as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. I must go. Which means now I must go. I own that. That is copyrighted and I will sue. (laughs) Okay. Have a great one. And stay curious. Till next time.